Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening, you're listening to Love Sport. This is the Leeds United fan show, not the Chelsea fan show, as you may have heard before marching on together. It is the Leeds United fan show. Myself, Matt Beadle, with you through to 9pm this evening. I'm delighted to be joined by John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? Here with Tom Banks as well. How are we, gents? I am wonderful. We had a good good week of football. A very good week of football. A a mixed bag of football for Leeds, the, the Stokes squared clashes I like I think, how you put I it think John. it worked out we were just talking before we came on air we think it's quite a good result for us really we, mm. we could, if we'd have been dumped out ignominiously we'd have been probably a bit more disappointed but as it was we we came back into the game when we when we changed things around a bit we got knocked out on penalties which like hey any, anything can happen in penalty shootout and I think I'd rather not be in the Carabao Cup and we're still unbeaten I'm, I'm taking a penalty <laughs> loss as still unbeaten yeah. doesn't count does it no absolutely it doesn't count no <laughs> Doesn't count at all. And a goalkeeper took a penalty in the penalty shootout, so that doesn't count either. Exactly. By the way, some game for Jack Butland. Crikey. Uh, he had an interesting week, of course. He wasn't even on, on the start, in the starting lineup for the game at the weekend. But chaps, new to the Leeds United fan show, John, we are going to start with our stat of the week. Yeah, so if you take into account um, purely shots on target, so if you're looking at it from the shots on target point of view, if Leeds hadn't fielded a goalkeeper this season, they would still be unbeaten, unbeaten in the league and they'd be in 12th place uh, and they would have uh, drawn, I think, four and won one. Um, so there you go. Leeds could have not fielded a keeper when it comes to shots on target and they would, that's where they would be. That's staggering. So Leeds United have had more shots on target compared to... They've had more goals than they've conceded shots on target or, or equal to in each game. So, yeah, they, they, even if all of the... If, if Kiko Casilla had, had just let everything go past him that was going in, we would still be unbeaten in the league. Wow. Tom, what a story. 
Yeah, look, I think it, it shows the uh, a the progression of the team in terms of the confidence of the system, and and b the way that we are dominating games and and, and not letting the opposition get anywhere near us. And I think um, you know for a lot of the games that we've played so far, Casillas could basically could have been on you know sat on the beach and he's not really done much other than the occasional uh, running out and getting everyone's hearts racing, which. Personally, I quite like. I quite like Kiko. I think he's come into his own since the sort of errors of last season. But yeah, look, I think it's a fantastic, um, fantastic start to the season. And those kind of stats show that we're really progressing as a team and uh, and beginning to sort of dominate and putting our stamp on the championship. So it's scored ten and conceded five so far. Mm. Impressive, isn't it? Mm. Really impressive. I had another stat. I'm glad that you brought one up. I had another one on Patrick Bamford and the fact that he's started the best ever season of his career so far. Since he became a pro in around 2011, he's never started a season better. He's had better runs, goal-scoring runs, but he's never started the season better. Mm. It's a good news for Patrick. Yeah, I think so, and it, I think it's a it's a real it's a real show of, of his strength of character, really. After at the end of last season, um, where where he was just getting vilified a lot by by the fans. Um, Patrick, he's an interesting player. He 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 is a player who likes to get involved in build-up. He likes to drop off off the front. And what's been great this season is seeing Bielsa happy to try out the three-five-two formation, which allows um, him to play with another striker. And I think that's really been getting the best out of him too. So it's good to see him doing well um, because. If you look back historically, teams who get promoted from the division have a striker who's scoring like twenty plus goals in in the season, and and, it's, and he wasn't doing that last season, and we need him to do that this season. I liked his celebration more than anything last week in that win at Stoke, and the fact that he he rifled it past Federici, and then just casually just strolled round the goal, didn't really even look at the fans, <laughs> just carried him walking, and then got that water bottle and just squeezed it into <laughs> Alioski's mouth. Yeah, I think. Um... Any, anyone that celebrates a goal with Alioski is going to have sort of a, a, a quite a strange sort of weird experience where it could be anything and uh, look I think um, the way that he celebrated his goals and the way he started the season I think that that stat that you've 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 given is, is isn't a surprise you can sort of see it and, and it, it as, as John said it sort of spilled over a little bit into pre-season where he wasn't scoring and it kind of felt like oh god he really needs to kind of get himself hitting the ground running and so for him to have the start like that like John says testament to his character but also you know the way that he's sort of he believes in himself and the confidence is there and you can tell that from those kind of celebrations. He's just kind of like, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing this season now. I'm putting last season behind me completely. Mm. Let's talk Stoke. A comprehensive victory, really? 3-0? Yeah, I think so. Never really in danger of, 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 of being a loss. Um, and, you know, we, it's almost as though we have... I mean, they, they they were a bogey team a little bit last season. Obviously, um, Nathan Jones came in, won that game, and then barely won anything else afterwards. So it was nice to sort of put that one to bed and then have, have the midweek result just sort of be a, an anomaly. So, uh, But in, 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 in many respects, like, you know, Stoke have, Stoke have their problems. They've been unlucky, but they've just come across a Leeds who are in just incredible form right now. If you look at... If you compare, and I know I talk about XG a lot, but if you compare Leeds' XG um, four versus their XG against they're just off the scale they're, they're, they're top of both of those uh, metrics and there was, a, there was a graph that was doing the round on Twitter which had um, every all of the clubs grouped by their XG for and against and Leeds were it was like one of those um, pictures that you click on on Twitter and say open for a surprise and you opened it up and Leeds were just way <laughs> way off the charts so um, this is this is like a generationally good Leeds team in, in, it's, it's like if, it's like what would happen if Manchester City it's, it's what would happen if there was a Manchester City in the division basically and it's um 
yeah, Leeds, Leeds are just sort of running away with it at the moment. And if it carries on like this, it could be a huge points total. Yeah, and I think they're, they're, they're rewriting the sort of standard, uh, probably overly used, you've got to play a certain way in the Championship and you've got to be this kind of football in the Championship and managers have to play a certain way. Leeds are just completely, they've ripped up the rule book on that and, and that, that graph I saw as well, the open for a surprise thing, it's, um, it's, they're so far and away different in terms of the way they play and the way we dominate games that... Bielsa's almost proving that you can uh, you don't have to be the, the sort of Warnock style of football to get out of the championship you can play in a different way and, and still be efficient and effective and, and do really well and we're proving that with the with the first five games John just picking up on one thing you said there so are we saying that Leeds United are the Manchester City of the championship is that <laughs> I, what we're I could saying? see that in your eyes when I said it <laughs> we're going to lose 3-0 tomorrow aren't we? <laughs> yeah look, look uh, this is based simply on the on the stats so far it, Leeds are as far ahead of their comp- competition as Manchester City are ahead of their competition give or take I mean obviously Liverpool are up there as well but um, this is what this is what we see from Pep Guardiola teams in other leagues uh, it's what we saw with Bayern when he was there it's what we saw from Barcelona when he was there and Bielsa is doing it at Leeds in the Championship it, this is this is next level stuff that first goal in particular the one touch football like you said that's a prime example of it right yeah and I was saying before it's when you watched it back on the, on the TV, the, the, the noise of the pass as it left Pablo's foot was as good for me as anything else. And, <laughs> and as soon as it left his foot, you kind of knew Dallas is going to get there and he's running against McLean, who's not a slow player, but you just... The, the, I mean, the build-up before it was phenomenal, but that final, the weight on the pass, I mean, the guy's a, a magician, to be honest. He's, uh, we're, we're so blessed and lucky to have him. <laughs> sound like Nathan Jones. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, it, 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 he's just still doing things and you sort of think you know he's getting on a bit now 34 he's like is he still going to be able to do it and he's just proven this season already that you know the the, the weight of the pass for the first one and the, and the curve on the pass for the second one is just you know he's 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 gone up a level that 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 goal in particular is an example of what's called a fourth man run which is where you play basically they played a one four shores played it into I think it was Harrison um, and then Harrison plays it back to um, Hernandez and then Hernandez plays it to, to Dallas and so they'll be running the, through those sorts of drills in training ground and for me that 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 is just the that's like the perfect example of that drill if you were to draw it out on a piece of paper and say this is what you need to do um, that's what it would look like it's brilliant um, so, yeah. and that's coaching at the highest level that is players responding to exactly what you want them to do mm. absolutely loved it we mentioned Alioski quite a lot on the show last week he came up with the goods yeah, and we've we've had a piece out on our on our medium uh, blog this week about looking at the difference between Alioski and, and and Barry Douglas. I'm pretty much firmly in the Douglas ahead of Alioski camp, um, but I do think the two what we've what we found when we looked into the numbers behind them is they're just different they're different types of players, and and you can and what's beautiful about the Bielsa system is that you can bring in players and tweak the system to fit their strengths. So so Alioski was has been played a little bit more in the three five two. Um, because he he's got uh, he's he has the ability to sort of um, do the pressing and and defensive coverage that is needed for that for that kind of position. Whereas um, Douglas is a little bit more of a support player. He works well with um, Jack Harrison and 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 they they work um, the ball well when Leeds are playing against deep lying teams. So it's it's nice having. Um, we talked about last week, I think, about Bielsa having two players for each position. It's nice having two players in each position and then having the ability to uh, use the strengths of those players rather than feeling as though you've got to have a like-for-like replacement, um, at least even in a stylistic way. Agree with that, Tom? Yeah, I think so. And I think he's um, Bielsa's proven last season and going into this that he's able to sort of turn players who traditionally you wouldn't put in those positions into into solid championship players. So Alioski, we all saw as a winger and he's turned into a comfortable left-back. I think I agree with John. I think Douglas sort of brings a bit more balance to the force, as it were, and, and brings a bit more of that relationship he has with Harrison. But to have 
um, Alioski turned into a, a left back who most other championship clubs would probably take as a as an option to start for them is is fantastic. And I think we're at a point now where if if injuries uh, if we can be lucky with injuries, we've got two players per position that isn't just completely made up of, of under twenty threes as well in that reserve position. We've got some great options, and Alioski's done a great job. Whether he stays in in his uh, position for tomorrow, I don't know, but you know it's great to have those options and and great for him to get a goal as well. Mm. Just listening to what Marco Bielsa said after that victory last week, and I know sometimes it's difficult to read into what managers are saying now because they get interviewed so many times and have to constantly either churn out the same stuff in a slightly different way or they come up with something controversial because they literally are like, well, I don't know what else to say, so now I'm saying this, and crikey, now you're pulling me up for it. Mm. Bielsa said, you know, we're playing with the same ideas as last year, but we're losing the ball less and suffering less from counter-attacks. That's basically endorsing what you're saying. Yeah, we were looking at the stats actually before before we came on because someone asked a question about about how you compare the first five games this season with the first five games last season. We're just we're getting dispossessed less in the in in the midfield area, um, which means that we're just able to control the ball because you, when you when you lose the ball in the mid in, in the middle area, midfield area in particular, often that's when you're transitioning from 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 a defensive position to an attacking position, uh, and if you lose the ball, then you're much more um, culpable for, for for being for being I, I guess broken on your um, now we're losing the ball in the final third more uh, and that means that you, the team has time to just drop into a defensive position and they're much less likely to concede so even little things like that where um, just a little, little bit more control in the middle just it makes our lives a lot easier um, as a team and, and I think that's one reason why um, the control what, what that's, it's just one of those things where as soon as one little thing sorts itself out somewhere then it just makes everything much easier everywhere else we're not, we're not getting counter-attacked quite so easily anymore because we have more control in the midfield field areas etc and so there's just like a little knock-on effect from from just like marginal gains in each area Mm. it's interesting actually after that he went into classic full cliche managerial mode we have a long (laughs) season to play and we'll see if the squad we've created is enough or not enough (laughs) great thanks marco (laughs) leeds united fan show on love sport love sport this is the leeds fan show on love sport myself matt beadle here with john mckenzie of all stats aren't we joined by tom banks as well now before we go any further I was notified <laughs> during the ad break that I've been calling Marcelo Bielsa Marco Bielsa. Now, I've not got this wrong. I'm not calling him his incorrect name. I'm calling him the name that me and Marco, you know, we're tight. When we're sitting back and we're chilling out. Where? Where was it? Sorry. Look, somewhere. Massimo Paz. Massimo Paz. Yeah, when we're just kicking back, reading our books. It's Marco. He calls me beads. It's all good. Uh, but it will be Marcelo Bielsa from here on in. 100% I can confirm that. Now, I'm delighted to say on the line, we've got Graham Smith, Chief Football Writer of the Yorkshire Evening Post. Graham, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Lovely to have you on the line. The boys inform me that you are new to Leeds United. Are you enjoying your new role? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's uh, intense, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's very different um, to what I've been used to in terms of the football being played and perhaps the intensity of the job and the audience. Um, but it's uh, it's been a brilliant first month in the role. Graham, it's uh, it's Tom here. Um, congrats on the new role. I think you're doing a great job. Um, uh, people sort of talk about uh, you mentioned it there about the the fans and the intensity. People sort of talk about Leeds fans being quite a sort of unique set of fans, both sort of online and at the games. How have you kind of found it in the first sort of month or two? And, and was it sort of everything you expected in terms of what you've heard of of the sort of breed of Leeds fans that we all are? I don't think anything can quite prepare you for it to be honest um (laughs) it's a little it's a little bit like when you when you become a dad for the first time and and you think 
you know, I don't really feel ready for this. And then someone hands you a baby and you have to be ready. Um, in my case, it was being handed, you know, 20,000 extra Twitter followers overnight. Um, you just have to be ready from that point on. Yeah. Um, and the the fervor that they have is one thing, but it's the the almost subculture and the, the references and the, the in-jokes that they have um, and the memes and uh, <laughs> the enthusiasm and the constant constant thirst um it's like an ache for knowledge yeah i think i've seen your i've seen your face photoshopped onto beckford's body and a number (laughs) of others sort of celebrating so yeah they've done they've they've done you a good uh a good job uh, so Mm. so far yeah but i mean there's been it has been um it's been a bit of a culture shock but uh it has been great fun they've been very welcoming in the main um i'd fully expect that when leeds first lose or go through a different form that i might well be the cat that everyone goes home and kicks <laughs> on twitter um but so far i can't really have any complaints hey graham it's john um i've done a lot of press boxes around the country and the most i think the most intense one i've ever done is the one where i've asked questions of marcelo bielsa how have you how have you found it like week in week out having to having to ask him questions because it's quite scary isn't it it's, it's not so much scary it's just very different i mean i've you know, when I was at Chesterfield covering them, I had managers like Martin Allen, who you would talk to on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock on the phone, you know, and, and you'd talk to at 6.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. And um, they were they were available and they were at the end of a text. And and then you come to Leeds and you have Marcelo, who doesn't really believe in, in one-to-one interviews and, and doesn't, as far as I can see, have individual relationships with journalists. So your your access is limited to press conferences. Um, and so it, it's quite hard to gauge the personality of a person or um, get much of a, you know, a rapport going very quickly with a manager when you're only seeing him and only asking really three or four questions a week. Um, and and the, the language barrier, you know, you, there's no getting around it. It it does complicate matters um, because you have, you know, your question's got to be translated to him and you've got to hope that the question is being translated with, the respectful tone that you asked it in, and, you know, and, and it had, doesn't come across in another language like you're, you're being disrespectful or, or you know, some, um, some upstart questioning Marcelo's methods. Yeah. Um, and then the answer comes back. And, and sometimes I think we might lose a little bit of the genius uh, that, that, that Marcelo Bielsa is because the answer maybe isn't exactly as he said it in his native tongue. Um, so it, it's, it's more complicated. It's, it's different. Um, but it is fascinating at the same time. Um, and it's just, it's one of those where you really wish you could have a one-to-one sit-down with him because you know it would be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, maybe you could uh, make a good impression on him and, and, and break the mould. That would be your uh, that'd be your, that'd be your, your one for the season. Um, in, you mentioned again at the start that, you, that in terms of the style of football, I, I guess when you when you took the job uh, at the YEP, you probably sort of watched and you've probably seen a bit of Leeds on the TV last season. Is the sort of style of football in the first sort of five games everything you kind of heard it would be and sort of hoped for in terms of what you're watching? Like, is it is it is it living up to hype and expectations that you sort of expected? It is. Yeah, I mean. Uh, in order to get my role, I had to do you know, a video presentation on Leeds last season, so I did have to go into the stats and the data, and I did have to talk to people who... I talked to a few season ticket holders, I talked to mm-hmm. um, people who work in the Championship, and, and everything they said was that it was just a smothering attack, and they, they dominated, and 
um, they tried to get their foot on the neck of the opponent and didn't really want to let up at all until the final whistle. And it's called breakneck speed, and and it, it really has lived up to that. Um, you know, the, there's been times in games, there's been a couple of games where where I've thought in the the early part of the game, it may have seemed like Leeds were a little bit sluggish, or perhaps it was that they were mm. just having a look to see what the opposition were about and how they were best to go about attacking them, and then they just take control. Mm. Um, they take games by the scruff of the neck, and it's you know chance after chance after chance. Um, the Forest game at home, perhaps you know, even having not covered Leeds last season, I was able to say at the end of at the end of the game that there was a familiar feel to it because there was all those chances and they couldn't convert and they didn't win the game. Um, but in other games, you know, Bristol City away, for example, um, the way they've played has been breathtaking at times. Mm-hmm. What about tomorrow, Graham? How are you feeling about the game against Swansea? Obviously, it's, it's a game that I think a lot of people are touting as a potential banana skin for Leeds after they've had such a great start in the first five games. How are you feeling about it? Well, it'll be very interesting to see how Swansea go about this game. Um, it would be a very, very brave manager to come to Elland Road and try and go toe-to-toe for them in, in a footballing sense, in a passing and possession and dominance sense. Um, nobody has really... Well, nobody has dominated Leeds you know, mm. so far this season. If Swansea were able to do that, I think... you know, they, They've been a surprise package so far this season, but that would be a shock. I think that would astound most people. Um, Leeds have had their, you know, their, their August of victories and one draw... Um, Swansea have matched that to their credit and I don't think many people expected that because of the players they lost in the summer and they were expected to be in, in transition um, they've got players in form they've got players who can hurt teams um, and Leeds are by no means infallible um, but to be honest with most games at the minute it's very hard to look past a Leeds win if Leeds, if all of Leeds' best players turn up and if Leeds play uh, to the letter of their instructions Graham, really appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem. That was Graham Smith, Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Evening Post, the YEP. Like that, Tom. The Yep. Ever get called the Yep? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fascinating, by the way. Really, really interesting to listen to him. The fact that he added on around 20,000 Twitter followers. He needs to take note of that. He can start getting some endorsements, a bit of extra cash. But just looking at his Twitter feed... I mean, it's all Leeds now. I wonder when he was writing about Chesterfield, whether it was all Chesterfield, I don't know. But the fact that it is just a ream of Leeds content on his Twitter now and the in-jokes, he said, the culture shock. When he talks about in-jokes, what's he, what's he referring to there? I, 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 Tom's probably better on, on this than me, but there's just so many... There's so many I think because the fan base is so big, um, it just it leads itself to creating memes, uh, and there's and we've got that history. We've we've also got a fair amount of gallows humour, I think, given the last fifteen years of of being out of the of the top flight. Um, and so you know the things that the things that motivate us can't be the sorts of things that motivate like the top teams or the teams that we used to be. So it's not like we've had like world class players for for years and years and years. So it, it's it's more like the buffoons and the and the the sort of uh, I guess the the owners as well have, have generally been um, in that sort of line as well. We've, we've not always had world-class owners either. And so um, th- th- there's just so much material, I think, to, to, to sort of vamp with. Yeah, we've had to sort of, uh, until Bielsa came, we sort of had to amuse ourselves, haven't we? We've, <laughs> sort of, we've had kind of a succession of turgid football and so we've had to find other ways of uh, enjoying ourselves and that seems to have been... <laughs> Uh, on Twitter with local journalists and uh, <laughs> and others. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's... Um, 
uh, Graham's right. I think we've everyone's welcomed him with open arms, and and the way that he knows that he's um, he's making it in terms of Leeds fans' opinions, like I said, is being photoshopped onto people's bodies and and uh, included in in gifts and stuff. I think as soon as that happens, he knows he's sort of properly in the in the community, one of the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I read an article he did on Eddie and Ketia earlier in the week, and just talking about Eddie because Eddie Mania he referred to it as, and Eddie himself has come out and said, look, the fans are crazy and there's something wider on this issue because Eddie said before he'd even joined the club and it was suggested that he might go there everybody thought he was going to go to Bristol City he was getting tweets from fans saying you know come to Leeds you'll be great at Leeds and he said he did his research about the club and I think that's really important and I said this on the station earlier with the guys from Posh Boys on Drive and that it's something that's often overlooked in football now is that due diligence from a player's perspective and sometimes a manager's perspective as well you think do you know what yeah I'll get my move there because it's a big club and I'll go and it'll further my career. Eddie Nketiah has strategically thought about moving to Leeds as to why it would be good for him. That's so important and so far it's working out. Yeah, there's so much more professionalism in, in clubs now and I think Nketiah was, was involved in the process of choosing which club it was he was going to go to and there, there was representatives from about three or four clubs who, who basically sat down and did presentations saying this is why you should come to our club um, here's how you'll fit in the team this is the this is the guarantees that we can give you um, and so I think it's, it's a much more professional um, sort of operation these days that, that football clubs are doing and I think it's, it's really I think it's, it's great for us to have Marcelo Bielsa precisely because he is the sort of guy who does that he's the guy who will do his due diligence he's the guy who turned up for his interview for Leeds having watched the whole season of, of games um, and, and, and being able to talk about all of the players um, knowledgeably um, and that, that sort of that, that passes on that, that sort of expertise um, has a good effect and, and, it, and it breeds success and I think from, from Eddie's perspective when he's looking at uh, the, the community and the culture that he's going to be playing with uh, to be able to play in front of a sold out crowd every week is only going to be good for him you know he's, he wants to probably go back to Arsenal and play in front of the Emirates crowd and the pressure that the Premier League brings and so where better for him to do that than you know on the pitch a stadium where we sort of demand success and online and on social media where he can't get away from from Leeds fans you talk about sort of pressure and the way that and and, and so far he's dealing with it amazingly well you know he's scoring great goals and the goal he scored the other night putting it through Butland's legs and round it just the composure and the everything about him is fantastic and it's now I think just about um, how do we sort of squeeze him into the starting lineup to be honest the atmosphere is better at Elland Road though yeah, it definitely is. Oh, yeah, without a <laughs> doubt. And he did reference that. He referenced the 30,000 fans at the Carabao Cup game on a Tuesday. Just yeah, a very right. quick championship update. Cardiff have taken the lead against Fulham on the Friday night game. Josh Murphy with the goal there. So Cardiff won Fulham nil. And to finish on Enketia, I think the other thing he said was the fact that he does chase lost causes and he's he's showing that he's got work rate. And you mentioned what fans look for there. That is all sometimes fans look for. And... I've had this view on footballers for a while that it's not that complicated a business. It's not rocket science that if you just show a little bit of effort, if you're having a stinker of a game, run around like a madman for 10 minutes because <laughs> fans recognise that. And actually, I used to go and watch Southampton around the early noughties when David Prutton was there. Obviously, he was at Leeds too. So I don't know whether he did this at Leeds, but one of his key things when Southampton in their early years at St Mary's was that after the game, it was when they weren't going on a good run. He would go round to every corner of the ground and run and applaud the corner and fans would stay and applaud him now David Prutton wasn't that good for Southampton but fans <laughs> remember him because he made the point of connecting with them that's all you've got to do 
Yeah, that's 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 really important. I think, um, and Kessie has a really good attitude to to the fans, and he's come out and he's, he's engaged with the fans, and he's, he's said all the right things. And yeah, you're right. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm as someone who 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 can look at the game a little bit more cerebrally. I'm not the sort of person who's like, oh yeah, you know, I really want my players to have like, <laughs> you know, I want them to run around a lot. I, that's not that's not who I am. But I do think that it is important that you know, football is as much about psychology as 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 anything else. And and if you do the if you go through the the right motions even if even if you're just doing them it can be so important for you elsewhere in 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 the rest of the the engagement you have with the club as long as the the fans are on board with you it just makes your life so much easier yeah indeed it does another quick score update from the championship no sooner have Cardiff taken the lead that Fulham have equalized and guess who Alexander Mitrovic of course he got the goal Cardiff won Fulham won right we're going to be looking ahead to that top of the table clash with Swansea next this is love sport Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It is time for the Opposition View on the Lead Fan Show on Love Sport. John McKenzie of All Stats Are We is here with Tom Banks as well. We're with you for another 25 minutes or so. And I'm delighted to say that Guto Huellen is on the line. Journalist and member of the Jack Cast podcast to talk all things Swansea. How are you doing, Guto? Not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on tonight. Now, Steve Cooper, seven games as a manager in competitive senior football, unbeaten. It's going all right for him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he carries on this rate, um, good things a week for him, really, isn't it? I mean, he couldn't couldn't really have dreamed for a better start. Um, He's just come in and and really carried on the good work that Graham Potter did last season. And there, there were... There were, when he was appointed, I mean, nobody knew anything about him. He's only managed at youth level. Um, obviously, he had accomplished great things with uh, the England um, uh, youth ranks, uh, winning a World Cup um, uh, uh, among many of his achievements. Um, but you never know how somebody's going to make that transition into senior football. We've seen it so many times. Um, you know, brilliant number twos or, or, or youth team coaches, but it, it's just a different ball game at senior level, but so far at least, um, he seems to have made the transition very successfully. Hey, Guto, it's John here. I'm just wondering about how the the Swansea fans are feeling about facing Leeds. Obviously, Leeds are on a, a, a pretty much a, an on on well, they're playing at a level that's not been seen before uh, in the Championship. I don't think, and um, I guess it's the biggest test they're going to face this season. So, what's the feeling around uh, around the Liberty Stadium? There is an excitement. Um, there's no doubt about it. I think um, our form in the first few games of the season has been so good. I mean, this is the best start that we've made to a season for more than 40 years, too. 
Um, so, you know, Leeds have obviously started the season fantastically. You know, if, from what I can see, have improved on, on, on the fantastic achievements of last season um, and, and are even more formidable mm. um, that, than they were last year. But I think Swansea fans are, are heading up to Ellen Road in, um, in, in, in a really buoyant mood. Um, I, I wouldn't say confident of getting a result, but confident that, that we can give Leeds a very, very good game. Um, I think that there are things about our style which could cause problems to Leeds, which may not suit Leeds uh, as well as other teams. And um, it, uh, if I'm honest, we, we've improved as the season's gone on. I think there, it's fair to say that uh, at times this season we have had to hold on. We've had to. It's not always been pretty. It's not always been the free-flowing football that we saw last season. But the football has improved as the season's gone on. And while results have stayed consistent, performances have actually improved, in my in my opinion. So um, after, you know, seven games in all competitions, I think, without um, without a defeat, only dropping two points, um, you know, there's there's every reason for us to, to feel quite positive going, going to Leeds, even though nobody's kidding themselves. It's going to be a heck of a challenge. Hi, Guto. Uh, Tom here. Um, you mentioned sort of a slightly different way of, of, of playing this season. How different is the the sort of Cooper football compared to, to Potter football? Because from the outside, they sort of seem quite similar coaches in terms of philosophy. They're sort of young, up-and-coming, want to play the right way. What kind of things are sort of different and what should, should Leeds fans expect to see that's maybe different from when we played Potter's, Potter's teams last year? Um, I, well, last year, of course, we were renowned for our possession and, and passing game, I think, you know, our, our passing stats were the only ones which which beat Leeds. I think last season, mm. um, we we were at times absolutely phenomenal to watch um, in possession. We could, but but we had this knack of outclassing teams, um, totally dominating them, but somehow finding a way of throwing away the points. Mm. You know, there would be some kind of goalkeeping error or defensive mix-up, um, which would just ruin all that good work. This season, it's been the opposite, really. I mean, there have been times when we've really struggled to, to keep possession uh, when we've been holding on at times, throwing everything um, just, to, just to keep the opposition out. But then we go up the other end and, and just take our chances. We've been incredibly clinical. Um, at, at a, you know, our conversion rate is at a rate that we, we can't sustain at the moment. There's no doubt about it. But it's very encouraging that um, we don't need many chances to score, which was the complete opposite last season when we were um, despite scoring a fair, you know, fair few goals, we were wasteful and we would get into brilliant po- uh, positions, but just fail to find that that finishing touch so often. This season we're creating fewer chances, but we are taking them, um, and that's one of the areas where I think we can actually hurt Leeds because we've, we we saw it last season Leeds had quite a few matches where you would dominate the opposition, you just you know blow and blow and blow, couldn't blow the house down. But then somehow the opposition would just go up the other end and, and take advantage then and, and, mm. and steal steal some points. And I think Swansea's style is actually well suited to that because defensively we're looking pretty good. Um, I'd say Mike van der Horn and Joe Roden have had fantastic, a fantastic start this season as centre-back. Um, uh, and at the other end of the pitch then, when you've got a player like uh, Andre Ayew, when you've got a, a, a player in Borja Bastons for who's scoring a goal a game at the moment, um, you know, you always fancy your chances to, to to score as long as you can just create one or two chances. That That's all it takes really for us to get on the score sheet at the moment. So I, I guess the main change 
from last season. We're, we're less reliant on possession. There's no doubt about that. Even though we're still, you know, we 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 try to keep the ball and, and try to pass it around, but we are less reliant on it. And when we get into those um, the, the, those that final third, um, we are more clinical and we're using the ball better. I would say. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that you're a bit more defensive this season. I've, I've been watching a few of the games back, um, and I noticed that you are you're sitting your double pivot, um, your your midfield of Fulton and Grimes quite deep this season, uh, and that means that you're having to push your fullbacks forward a lot uh, to sort of counter that, or or vice versa. Um, how do you feel about playing Leeds, who who are often using width um, and to plunder oppositions? Do you, are you a little bit worried tomorrow about whether or not um, your your fullbacks are just going to get pushed back, and then and then the question is going to be about whether or not you can trans, um, transition forward in attack? Yes, I think I think width is probably going to be the, the thing to watch out. Um, I mean, we we can Connor Roberts in particular, right back. He's, mm. he's Absolutely fantastic bombing forward, a real attacking asset. But you know he can he can be caught out of position by going um, so far forward. Now that's where Fulton and Grimes mm. come in. They do they do cover very well for um, for, um, for for our fullbacks when when they go forward. Mm. But against a team like Leeds, you know you you've just always got to be aware. I think that uh, that no, even when you've got the ball. Things can change so quickly, and you can come under pressure so quickly. Um, the one thing I will say is that our centre backs, Van der Horn and Roden, they are so good at reading play at the moment, and positionally so astute that even if the full backs are out of position, the, the centre backs can compensate to a large degree. If I'm honest, um, which is which is quite a skill. They don't get sucked out of position very easily. They keep their cool and they just read the game very, very well. And then they've got that extra protection from Grimes and and Fulton. I know, I know, Grimes is almost a bit of a hate figure up in um, up, up in Leeds because he was so bad when he was on loan there. But I, I promise, he was a totally different player now, and he's he's one of the best midfielders in the in the championship. There's no doubt about it. And um, in terms of sitting deep this season, I think it, it'll be interesting. Obviously, it's, it's early days at the moment, but it'll be interesting to see if that's just because we've seen less of the ball so um, so far this season, we've had longer periods um, of opposition pressure. Um, so I, I don't know if it's forced that they're sitting deeper, or if if it is actually um, a, a tactical change that that, mm. Potter, uh, that sorry Cooper's trying to make um, to make us a little bit more um, sturdy at the back. Because I, I think it's a fair criticism of the Swans last season that, that we were a little bit too open at times and. And, and the defence probably didn't get the protection um, it deserved at all times. Um, so it, that, that's one of the things that we'll, we'll have to wait and see, really, if this is a, a longer-lasting trend. But um, de- I think we can definitely expect when, when the likes of Con- Connor Roberts in particular and Bidwell to a, late, uh, to a lesser extent, when they bomb forward, um, the, the likes of Grimes and Fulton are going to have to be, be alert and they're going to have to be covering. Guto, before we get a score prediction from you, just quickly, you mentioned Borja Baston there, directly involved in more goals than any other player in the Championship so far this season. He was the forgotten man. Can you just put your finger on what's happened there and do you think he's going to maintain this run throughout the season? Um, what, what's happened is he is... It's, it's, he's just been... It's a, we, we, it's a cliche, but strikers rely on confidence. And I think he's had a couple of very difficult years. He joined the club for 15 million. He was our record signing back in 2016, but he joined at a really bad time. The club was in in disarray really at at, at that point. Um, 
you know, Bob Bradley came in soon after, and well, we don't need to go into how badly <laughs> that worked out. But but Guidolin had no idea how to use him, and and he just. He, he he just lost all confidence. He lost all belief. He lost his place in the team. He's been out on a few loans in La Liga. It, it just hasn't worked out from there. And I, I think his his belief just just kind of went. But I think this season, playing against a lower standard of opposition, um, he's he's been getting a few more chances. It was vital that he scored in the first game of the season, um, and and he's become the main man. Um, and and that, that that's what's happened really. It's it's that simple. He's 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 just scoring goals, and he looks to be loving football again. Um, he's looking to get more involved. He's he's very different to Ollie McBurney, who we had last season. Um, McBurney was a lot more involved in the build-up play and hold-up play. Um, Bolcher is an outfield striker. He mm. will just hang around the box and look for those tap-ins and, and headers. Um, that, that's what he's about. His movement's very good. His reading of the game's very good. Um, that That's what he is all about. Mm. And... Um, He's getting decent supply at the moment and, and finding the back of the net. And he's, he, two of those goals are penalties, of course, which, which help the statistics. Mm. But um, he's, he's looking at home. And it is incredible what just a bit of, um, a bit of faith invested in a player can, can do, really. And uh, finally, Guto, from me, um, what's your score prediction tomorrow? I think it's going to be different. We, we haven't won at Ellen Road since 1949, which is our only ever win <laughs> Um, I don't think we picked up a point since 1961. Um, so I and, and you know, the, if the I put you on the spot, it, <laughs> I'll go two 0 leads. Wonderful, oh, okay. Guto. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. That was Guto Huellen, journalist and member of the Jack Cast podcast. Interestingly, Leeds have won their last ten home matches in all comps against Swansea. Their best record against any team ever. So it bodes well. For tomorrow afternoon. Right, we're going to get on to some listeners' questions next. Love Sport. It's the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. We've got about seven minutes left of the show. John, we're going to get through some readers' questions. Good one here from John McGlashan. Mm. He has said, with the week in football being not a good one, looking at Berry and how close Bolton were to going down the same path, what do we think of Rajasani's running of the club? Some sectors still giving stick for not going all out and too many loans. Yeah, I think it's, this is a really interesting question. This is going to be a recurring question, I think, for clubs around the country is is how much should you expect your your owner to put their own money in, in the club? With, when it comes to Leeds, there's been a lot of stuff about FFP that people seem to think that we're nowhere near the limit on FFP, um, which is the... Well, it's not called that. It's called P2S or something. I can't remember what the name is off the top of my head. But essentially, you are allowed to spend a certain amount of money, uh, make a certain amount of loss um, every every season on a rolling three-year um, basis and there there is there's a higher figure and there's a lower figure and the higher figure is dependent on whether or not your manager puts in any of his own money um, so the manager can run losses if he's if, if that, that loss is coming out of his own pocket basically um, Leeds aren't doing that so Leeds are on that on the 15 million so five pound, five million a year losses they can make which is why Leeds have, have and the, the ownership at Leeds have made a, have made a big thing of that of that um, of the FFP in terms of not not spending so the question is going to be I think what happens when when, when Leeds do get into the Premier League, is, is Radrizzani going to spend money, or is he going to be um, is he going to be a Mike Ashley? Is he going to um, is he going to spend? Yeah, that's and that's the question. Is he going to simply use Leeds as a cash cow? Is he simply going to use it to farm all the money that he can get out of it? Um, and and how will that 
um, impact the fan base when when um, you're in the top division and, and Leeds are just doing barely enough to stay in will be, I think, the, the, the way they will be looked at. So I don't know what you guys think about that. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think um, look, the, the situation with Berry and, uh, and obviously Bolton becoming, coming close to, to going out of business shows that football, particularly in the lower leagues, uh, is, is, it's, a, it's a difficult um, difficult situation at the moment. And I think um, Andrea's decided to run the club in a, in a certain way and, and, and do it without using some of the tactics that other clubs have used around selling stadiums and things like that to get around the rules. And look, I think... Um, you know, a lot of the money and a lot of the budget's been spent on Bielsa's and, and his staff's wages, and I think we're all sort of we realised last season, realising again this season that that seems to be money well spent in terms of investing. And mm. uh, look, I think um, as long as it continues to be successful on the pitch, I think owners often, you know, they can step away and let the football talk for itself. And at the moment, that's happening. So um, I think it's you know, it, it's a particular way of running a club. And, and for mm. at the moment, while we're top and playing well it's, it's working I think it's also difficult given that the, the Premier League has different rules with, respe- re- with, with respect to financial responsibility and I think that we've, we've just lived for years of clubs being irresponsible and, and so when suddenly these new rules are brought in and, and you're seeing them impact on, on clubs then I think there's the, the, we, we as fans sort of have that that background of, of being like, well, what's wrong with just spending money and, and, mm. and taking risks financially so that you can get to the top division? Uh, and I, I just don't think that's an era that we live in anymore. And so, um, yeah, th- that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you're risking becoming a Bolton or a Berry if you if you are ir- irresponsible. Mm. Yeah, certainly a tough week to endure for Berry mm. fans this week. John McGlashan, thank you for that question. Dan Holdsworth next. Is there a player, chaps, signed by another championship club over the summer transfer window that you really wish Leeds had signed? He suggested Romain Sawyers was perhaps one. Yeah, I, I remember when that rumour came out and you sort of looked at Sawyers on paper and it felt you could understand the reasoning behind uh, behind wanting him. To be honest, there's not. I'm not looking at any other club and, and, and seeing anyone that's particularly... I feel like we've lost out on. Obviously, we've got the Fulham game on tonight and I, I, I quite like Anthony Knocker. I think he would have fit in quite well into the to the Bielsa system but Helder Costa's probably going to do a similar job and he's already doing it there's only one sort of niche one which is Josh Garoma um, at Huddersfield, Huddersfield bought him from Leighton Orient I've got a couple of mates that are Orient fans and have seen a bit of football of, uh, over there and he's a really good young striker and he, he went to Huddersfield and, but other than that I'm um, you know, I, I'm not really looking jealously at any any other club signings. To be honest, yes, it, I guess the question that I, that, as I approach that question, the thinking is, well, who who are we replacing here? Like, mm. we're, if we're talking about the big players, you've mentioned Knockout. Um, there's no way that I, I, there's no way that we'd really want. To, we could bring him in, we could fit him in, but at the moment, like <laughs> he he would be on the bench. Um, and so, uh, for, for me, it, it, I just kind of feel as though it would create us more problems to have a player of that caliber. And I think, to be honest, we probably got the best deal of, of the window getting Helder Costa in. Um, mm. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, the, the championship club who, who, who took the play that I would have liked was was us. Yeah, it's interesting. When you get to that stage, you're going, yeah, we'd, we'd fit him in. Yeah, we'll take him. You know that you're doing pretty well. You mentioned Helder Costa there. Callum Archibald has been in touch and wants to know how you see Helder Costa fitting in to the starting eleven, does it mean one of Hernandez or Harrison drops out, or a change of system? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, he's been used as an impact sub so far, um, and and uh, as such, it's sort of it does raise questions about how he'll fit in 
a longer term? Like, how do, where do you play Costa if you play him from the start? Do you play him as a in place of Jack Harrison on on the wing, playing like a, a proper sort of classic winger role where you're expected to get the ball down, work yourself into isolated spaces, um, and make the most of the fact that leads overload on one side and c- create space on the other? Or do you bring him on for someone like Pablo Hernandez uh, and then maybe shift Hernandez more centrally? But then you've got two sort of out and out wingers, so that's you're already changing the the way that you're playing. Can you play the the overload and, and, and isolate style if you're if you've got two out and out wingers? Probably not. So um, I, we we did have a, we had other questions about about Costa being used as a wing back um, in the Stoke game midweek, um, which is I guess interesting. But I, I mean we we chatted about that a little bit before, and and, and the, the, we, we sort of came down on the on the side of saying, well, you know, it was a it was a midweek game. He Bielsa could experiment in a more competitive competitive environment in the under 23s so I wouldn't make too much of that but I think for me I would probably go the Harrison I would play him instead of Harrison um, I think that's that, that's playing to his strengths and, and Hernandez is so important that uh, the sort of false seven slash inside forward role that he's playing at the moment shouldn't be touched Okay, now I've got a stats question for you. We've got about a minute and a half left, so you're going to have to <laughs> okay. wrap it up quite quickly. 13 points after five games, both this season and last. How do the underlying stats compare? Which is the better start? That's from Matthew Keegan's Wood. This season is the better start by by a long way. Um, we did score more goals in the five games at the beginning of last season. We had 14 goals, four four against. It's 10 four two against this time round. But it's just you're just looking at the the underlying stats. Then that big chances created. It was seven last season. We've created 12 big chances this season. In terms of so- shots conceded, we conceded 52 shots. That's around 10 a game. Um, it's th- only down at 37, so three points. Uh, yeah, down down at, uh, more more like six a game here. Seven a game. Um, shots on target. We we made 27 last season, uh, 28 this season. So we've got more shots on target this this time round, and um, we've got more shots off target as well. So we're getting more shots in too. Other than that, um, passes we've made 500-ish more passes uh, in the five in the five games this season, uh, and we've been dispossessed about 15 times fewer. So we're just it's like we said last week. We're more controlled. Um, we're creating more dangerous chances, and and yeah. So we were a bit lucky really last season. There it goes, the comprehensive analysis from the statsman John McKenzie. Right, chats, before we go, a prediction for tomorrow, please. I think we're going to send a statement out. I think it's going to be 3 0. 3 0. John? Uh, I'm going to say 2 0. 2 0. 2 0. Right, this has been the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport Radio. Myself, Matt Beadle, here with John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? And Tom Banks. Thank you for joining me, chaps. It's been nothing but a pleasure. We'll see you next week at 8 pm on Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.